Now, um, like I said, everything's going to be a little different today. And Jesus taught with ordinary stuff that made sense in his generation. And I'm going to try to do the same today. And it may seem a little weird, but maybe it'll communicate something. Your deacons are your Christ at your table, or they represent that. And they're there to say, if there's anything you need today, um, those men are there to, to, to serve you. And I'd like you to open your Bibles. If you need help finding this chapter in your Bible, they're, they're there to help you. Open your Bible. You all have a Bible in front of you to Luke chapter 10. Verses uh, 38 through 42. So, so find it in your Bible. I know we usually use this electronic stuff, but I, you know your deacon's there to help you find it and put a pair of glasses on you or read it to you if you need it. And I'm going to read it out loud. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and there was a woman named Martha... And she welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, she was distracted, much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here alone to serve? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, 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 Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Put that Bible in front of you, and if you want to look at it and see how far I'm off, you can. If you're a guest, welcome. My name is Ken. But if you know me today, you can call me Pastor Martha. Because I'm Martha sometimes. Now some will moralize this text in this way. Don't be a Martha. Be a Mary. But I don't believe that that was Jesus' intent for this story. In John chapter 11, there's a story where Jesus is purposefully late, going to heal the brother of Mary and Martha, and the brother, Lazarus, dies. And both sisters are very distraught. And they address Jesus with the same words, almost identical words, but they have different tones. Martha is a little more direct person, a type A type person, and she confronts Jesus with a question or anger, why are you late? Why didn't you get here in time, basically? My brother wouldn't have died. You could have saved him. She had faith in Jesus. In Mary's tone, she's a little softer person. She's more tender, with sad, flowing tears, sniffing. Says the same thing. But what's really important in the story is what happens back in verse 3 is when the message was sent to Jesus. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Talking about the brother. Shortly after he talks to both Mary and Martha, he sees the emotions of both sisters over the loss and the other people of their dead brother. And the Bible records 
its shortest verse. And to me, it's the most powerful verse. In John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. Meaning, Mary, Lazarus, and Martha were all disciples that Jesus loved. And so are all of you. Even if you're a type A Martha, like me, in trouble today over many things, you're loved. So just take a breath today for a moment and realize that the God of the universe cares about you. He doesn't just care about that old, sweet, sensitive Mary sitting at Jesus' feet with her flowing tears of emotion and that, uh, that, that enough emotion and tears to flood and wash over those feet and her beautiful color girl hair to wash those feet with her hair and she doesn't mind her hair getting all dusty and you're more practical you're a martha type and you don't do that the lord of the universe cares about you martha the one who made the stars with his fingertips he cares he stopped he took the time to feel what we all feel though he was about to fix the problem three minutes later and call Lazarus out of that tomb, even though you got practical and says he's going to stink. See, beloved, I want Jesus, in the, I, I, I want you to know that Jesus loves Martha's just as much as he loves Mary's. I praise God for that because some days I can be more like a Martha and actually, there's days I'm more like a Mary. And, and neither of the two women are the hero of the story. See, Jesus is always the hero of the story, isn't he? Can I get an amen to that? He's the hero. Now, when you do an analogy, and Otis is my preaching teacher, and he'll probably talk to me about this later. Um, <laughs> I panicked when he walked in the building today. Um, this Pastor Otis, he's our sponsor, uh, and this is a, a, a wonderful day to have him here. He's um, moving to Tennessee, him and his wife, Joanne, and so they are the ones that were foolish enough to sponsor us in this church. Uh, and so let's give them a big hand. They, he, he, when I surrendered to the call of ministry, he received that and allowed me to be a Martha, and sometimes a Mary. So you can take an analogy too far. And the Bible says that the devil, devil is a subtle creature. Beloved, there is nothing subtle about Pastor Kenton. I don't sneak up on you. <laughs> Even at home, my wife knows where I've been. There are crumbs that show her. She can always find me. So I'm giving Martha, Pastor Martha, to you as a mental picture. That'll burn in your mind. It's Mrs. Doubtfire. If you remember from the old uh, movie, the kids loved her. 
right? And, and we did as kids, and, and, and the kids felt safe with her, but the adults were kind of scared of her, <laughs> right? They kind of, he made, uh, in that movie, the, the father that played the character made the adults kind of uneasy. And it was crazy sometimes. Yet it all kind of worked out in the end. And I think Jesus was kind of that way, right? The kids loved him. He was kind. The, the adults he kind of made uneasy sometimes, but it's all going to work out in the end. And sometimes that's been my role here at Crosswinds Church, the Martha role. But there are other Marthas here, and I want you to know that. At each table with you, there are deacons, and all our deacons, those guys are Marthas. I was kind, I didn't put them in Martha costumes. (laughs) But they are to care for the families of this church. And today, I made sure that you were all served the Lord's Supper by them. But they also protect the doors here and they keep you safe from intruders. They, they make sure your kids are safe and they make sure that you're beha- the kids are behaving. And, and they make sure that everybody's following the guidelines of the boundaries so that we can be safe and have fun because we're a family here. They help us to work through our disagreements and get along together. See, Mrs. Doubtfire, she was a caregiver and our deacons are the caregivers of the church. And so if you have a problem this is somebody that you can call on and, 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 and go to for comfort and, and, and for help. She's soft and cuddly, so I want you to think of your deacon like a Mrs. Doubtfire. That's why I'm using this imagery. Someone loving and big and comfy when you need them for prayer, when you need them for spiritual advice. Everybody went to Mrs. Doubtfire in the family for advice. You know, I did think about putting our deacons in Mrs. Doubtfire costumes to serve you, but deacons and drags just didn't work. Um, I would have really lost my job. Anyways, um, we need men who love us at Crosswinds, not men in dresses. We need men who are servants, like Martha was a servant. Martha served because... She loved Jesus like these men loved Jesus. Jesus did his role of teaching the gospel. Martha had an important role at the meeting of meeting the needs. There might, we don't know, there could have been a hundred people at that meeting. We, it could have been a small meeting. We, we don't know exactly how many were at that meeting, but she was busy caring for the needs of people. The, the word deacon simply means a servant, a, a waiter at a table. We often get excited about titles um, in our culture. Uh, Jesus and his disciples were, were not excited about titles. The word pastor simply means to take care of. You know, pastors are Marthas. We're just a different kind of deacon. We, we take care of or feed the flock the word. When you see the word serve in this passage, it's actually the same word. It's deaconing. Martha was deaconing, waiting on tables, meeting the physical needs of the people. Friends, that is ministry. Jesus loves his deacons who deacon well. In Acts chapter 6, the church was growing. It was exploding. It was growing fast. But there was a problem. The Greeks and the Jews and the, uh, the Greek Jews and the Hebrew Jews, they were fighting and arguing because not all the widows were being fed. The widows were the poor and the vulnerable in their culture and and, and, and so they, it was important that they were fed, but there was an argument brewing in the church which was dividing things. And so the apostles 
got together and they prayed about what to do about the problems. And they found men that they trusted and they, they deacons called them deacons. And those men handled the distribution of the food care to the widows. And in Acts 6, it says once that happened, once those Marthas were in place, the church exploded and grew naturally in unity and in love. See, Marthas are needed by Jesus, and, and they're loved by Jesus. And we have lots of faithful Marthas here. My wife, Kathy, is a Martha. She's more Martha-y than I am. She has served in every capacity in this church except what I'm doing right now. And she probably could do it better. She's always telling me she could. Um, and, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she, she does sometimes. She goes, well, just do this, this, and this, and it'll work out. I'd struggle over it. She, she's, she's so capable. I, 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 God knows I need help. That's why she gave her to me. He, and she helps me all the times. I wouldn't be able to do this without her. Think about it. Martha was keeping the humanity side of Jesus nourished so he could teach everybody. He, she was feeding him and caring for him. Her practical service was an important thing. Daniel Kuchera, running the soundboard back there, is a wonderful Martha. She serves AB, so others online right now uh, at home can be fed. Tracy Breeze is a Martha right here, making sure moms have clothes in and, and, and our community and, 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 and caring and letting other people serve. And, and as a deacon's wife, actually all our deacon's wives, Courtney and, and um, Sonia, are, are Martha's. Um, uh, the New Testament kind of talks about uh, women serving with their husbands in this role. It's Marcy. Marcy, uh, are we keeping up with the pictures? Where's Marcy? I love that picture. Martha's deaconing to my mom right there with whipped cream, lots of whipped cream. So Marcy, our hospitality Martha. And then there's Tracy Newberry and Michelle Quartz. Where are they? They're in this room. There's Michelle. They are are serving mini Marthas, future Marthas in the kids' ministry. And then Marthas come in all shapes and sizes. Ali and Jason, you dudes are Marthas. And uh, you're, you're great, Marthas. And, and Cleone's a missionary, Martha, adopting kids all over the world. And, and Nyjah works hard to financially support her Marthing. And he's a Martha everywhere he goes. And he's our prayer champion, Martha. I mean, Marthas are everywhere, you know, in our church. The reality, the Bible would say that we are all supposed to be Marthing each other. Galatians 5:13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. You know, the movie Mrs. Doubtfire is about a dysfunctional family, a mom who works too much and an irresponsible dad who plays too much. Uh, and then the children are not properly cared for and they children are suffering and they need to be deaconed. They need a Mrs. Doubtfire. And the dad, by playing this character, learns to serve and to love. And um, when he learns to love and serve, the mom's heart is changed. 
from being selfish herself to service. And then the family starts to flourish. Now, it's, it's not a perfect story. There's still some brokenness in it. But that's what it is to be the church. This is how we learn to love. And this is how we learn to change. The church is not a business, friends. The church is not an organization, friends. The church is a dysfunctional family that Jesus loves with the quirky pastor Martha's like me and laid back lazy Marys and Marys and stinky brothers Lazarus that 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 name rock bands. You know the Rolling Stone. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, that was a stretch. Anyways, actually, Galatians five thirteen, the word serve is stronger than the word deaconing. The word serve there, if you look it up in, in the Greek, actually, if you look in my Facebook, under the picture of me, you can friend me while I'm there. I accept everybody. I never unfriend anybody. But if you, if you look, there's a word called doulos. And for me, it's a reminder of who I am and who I'm supposed to be. The word in the Greek means bondservant. And that's someone who has sold themselves into slavery into another family. I am your bondservant. This is not forced slavery, which is what happened tragically to many of our African brothers and sisters of of color. This was a, a chosen slavery in the first century of people of all races that sold themselves for a period of time to pay off their debts or to make money, to to have a job, a, a place to stay. And sometimes that form of indentured slavery became so positive for both parties that the relationship was made permanent. There were there were ways that that became permanent because they both found that they were both better cared for because of each other. And, and, and they became a family, in a sense, in that arrangement. In the, the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, the father loved his kids so much that he humbled himself to put on a dress and act like a woman, as a Martha, to be a servant so he could be part around in his children's presence. I mean, I know it's a stretch, but um, isn't that what Jesus did? He, or, or God did? He humbled himself to come and be like us and be a servant so he could be with us and die for us. You know, Paul uses the, the root connotation in here of this word doulos. That, but it's, it's it, you know, in, with the word serve. Um, and, and, and so he's not that we're only to serve one another or deacon one another, but that we are to do loss one another, that we are to be slaves to one another. But friends, we are to be free slaves, that we are to choose to be slaves to one another. See, that's, that's the heart we are to have for one another. So we are all to do more than what a deacon does. We are to be Christ's to one another. See, there are two kinds of Marthas. There are religious church lady Marthas on, on the left there like Dana Carvey's character. And there are Mrs. Doubtfires. And, and they may dress similarly. And sometimes they may act similarly. But, but one is big and gushy and, 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 and soft and, and filled something like with like cream, like a cream donut. Like she's very soft and cuddly. Remember I said that kids like Mrs. Doubtfire types? Ch- church ladies... Are, are, are full of judgment. They're, they're prickly. You know? In Acts 6, the apostles select deacons. They selected men full 
of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. I jokingly texted Todd, head of our deacons, that I was going to do this doubtfire analogy, and he texted me back this image. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, this is what happens when you're not sitting at Jesus' feet. I text in the back and said, you know, it's supposed to be tongues of fire on the head. You know, the pastor has to straighten out God's word. He didn't get it right. You can get rid of that image. Um, beloved, I want you to know um, your deacons can laugh <laughs> and smile and have fun and they love you. And, and, and so in your phone right now, Change their name to Mrs. Doubtfire so when they call you, that's what you see. I'm serious. And the next time they call you, deacons, I want you, uh, I want them to hear them say, Hello, dear. How can I pray for you? Seriously, like, and if they don't answer you, come on, deacons, let's, pr- let's practice. Hello, dear. This is your deacon calling. <laughs> How can I pray for you? I bet you they'll call you back. <laughs> Just to, they'll be laughing. Beloved, please don't be afraid to take these guys' call. They're not calling to scold you. You know, even if you haven't made it back to church in six years and just got thrown in jail, these are the guys that you should be able to call to come pray for you to help arrange your bail. You realize that? Full of the Holy Spirit means full of Jesus' grace, not judgment. His Spirit, also, His Holy Spirit will give them wisdom to help you with words, to help you solve problems in your life. Let's look at this text again. These are the hands and feet of Jesus in your life. Luke 10, 38-42. Now they went on their way, and Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Whoops, I forgot another important Martha, Chris Kuchera, our first impressions leader. Oh, is that Chris? Oh, Barry, I'm sorry. He must have gotten the Kim's and Trisha's cake. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, Chris Kuchera, our first impressions leader back there, um, always making sure everybody is welcomed uh, in Jesus' house. Martha made sure that everybody was there. You know, Jesus didn't rebuke Martha for that Miss uh, Layback Mary could not have been affirmed by Jesus if Martha had not gotten the Facebook invite out to Jesus and texted a few disciples so that everybody made it there on time. Martha was the one that made sure the house was clean. Wow, family, you are so well cared for by so many Marthas because you have Cecily Martha who gets all the communication out. You have Michelle Wanglaris Martha who makes sure the building is clean. You have Troy Hollenbeck Martha. He's running around out here. He's skinny because he's cutting the lawn and, 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 and making sure the snow is plowed. You know how many people, I, I don't know if you know this, but do you know that new people that come to hear about Jesus, you make a decision within seven minutes of turning into our parking lot, whether they're going to come back here and be a Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from them. Do you, do you realize that that's true? That's way before they ever hear a word that I say or hear a note that Jeremy sings. Man, it's really important that at the eighth minute that Barry Martha puts a nice tasty cup of coffee in their hands. And at minute nine, James Martha smiles at their kids and invites them to youth group. Or at the 10 minute, Matthew Martha gives them a high five and tells them relax that 
Crosswind's a cool place for kids. And then at the 11th minute, Devin and Grace Martha invite the new teen into their conversation and makes her feel comfortable. Wow, church really is a team sport. And the Marthas are now winning. They're advancing the ball downfield. Beloved, do you consider this your house? It ain't mine. It belongs to my father. It belongs to our father. And it's our family. And we all need to take care of it. We all need to take care of each other. And we are to welcome Jesus here to meet our friends and our company when we're here. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and, and, and listened to his teaching. And, and friends, I have been lifting up the Marthas, but now I want to lift up the Marys. See, there's a contrast being made between the two, but I don't think it's a competition. Remember, they are both loved, and, and we really should be both followers and fishers. Actually, we don't know for sure that if these are the same Mary and Martha from John 11. Luke almost gives us in this section of Scripture like a parable. Mary was the most common name in Hellenistic Judaism in the first century. You know, I have an Irish Catholic side of my family, and we did an 80th birthday party for my mom a couple of weeks ago, and and thankfully, all my 14 female cousins came there. And there's one first name, Mary, but every part of the other girl's names is all Mary. And it was hysterical as we looked at old photos of my relatives back in Ireland. And it was like, oh, who are these people? Mary, 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 Mary. I mean, that's what it was like in Jerusalem. There were Marys everywhere. And the fourth most popular name was Martha. That's why I'm saying we don't know for sure. That, that, that who, who this was. I mean, it's like, it's crazy in Ireland. It's like Mary Catherine, Mary Elizabeth, Mary Margaret. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so we're not sure that these are actually Lazarus' sisters. We're pretty sure because both these girls loved him and called him Lord. Um, but uh, Martha, we know, called him Lord. We know that they're disciples and, and Mary lo- loved him and sat at his feet. Um, I tease about her being laid back, Mary. This was a rare privilege in her culture to be invited to sit and be a disciple. This gave Mary value in the first century. See, women had no value in their society. They were simply property to men. They were not free to learn. They were not even considered worth educating by religious Jews. It was unheard of for a rabbi to let a woman sit at his feet. God's law or Torah, God never forbid it. It was not in his law or Torah. But man's rabbinic writings or traditions say things like, may the words of the Torah be burned should they not be handed over to a woman. Jesus is the one whom John says all things have been created by. So the one who created all things invited the younger daughter over 
to sit and learn. What honor to sit close. So she's not there avoiding works. She's not lazy, daisy, spacey Mary, avoiding work, sitting close to Jesus with her flowing hair and misty eyes. She's just another kind of Martha, working hard, serving him by learning from him, learning about his kingdom so she can expand his rule. She is brave. She is facing persecution from the looks of other women and the looks of other men who think it is not her place. She knows she was invited by the king. And she works to remember that she is worthy to be there. See, Mary's heart is fertile soil where, where something can grow because she is listening. And things may not look productive on the outside like Martha's being all productive everywhere. She works inside to obey the master's word because he said, he who has ears, let them hear. And she knows from that kind of soil, productivity will come because he said 30, 60, 100 fold. She understands the secret of the kingdom is not from frantic busyness because she has been listening. Now, Martha has a big butt, and big butts like this don't lie. Or they are a, are a big lie. Sometimes Mary's irritate Martha when they even don't try. They're not trying to irritate each other. They're sisters. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord! Don't you care that my sister has left me alone? Tell her to help me. This is when we, we, we Marthas sometimes feel we think we see pretty Mary twirling her hair, chewing on some gum, resting near Jesus. Especially when our pits are all sweaty and our hair is a mess and we're cleaning up the hospitality and tumping, dumping out the heavy coffee. We lose our perspective. See, Every kind of Martha has different gifts and different responsibilities in God's kingdom. If you, if you serve in children's ministry, there's a good chance you're going to get peed on at some point. It happens. Pee happens. On a bad day, a Martha in serving children's ministry looks up at the praise team, Mary, Martha, where thankfully I've never seen anybody pee on anybody. And says, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me alone to do all the hard work. But singing in front of people and dealing with some of the poopy comments and critics and resisting your own demonic insecurities might seem harder to that praise team member than a little pee. Because Martha got overwhelmed She's moved from cuddly doubtfire to judgy church lady. In judgment, she isn't bold enough to tell the Lord of the universe what to do. Tell my sister what to do. Starts to accuse the one who is going to die on a cross for her that he does not care about her. Now, churchy lady Martha 
starts to pervert the scriptures. I'm alone. I have to do it all myself. Now, it's a pity Martha party. Real Marthas can really hurt a real Mary. Both are who are really serving Jesus. And both will feel really alone. That's why we need to sit at the table. Mary's and Martha together at Jesus' feet. Because sometimes both Marys and Marthas are stressed. And I'll be honest, there are some fake Marys and there are some fake Marthas out there. There are the false Marys that flirt with Jesus. They're sent by Satan to waste time and wear out the Marys and the Marthas serving their selfish needs. You know, Satan was the first worship leader. He masquerades as an angel of light. Fake Marys are not really listening and obeying Jesus. They just like to be in the limelight with him and they stand in front in the spotlight. I've heard that the worship leader of the church should be the treasurer. Biblical worship first showed up with the sacrifice of Jesus. Beloved, lifting up your hands in the air may really not be worship. Sometimes it's putting your hand in your wallet or running a vacuum cleaner. Worship is being a doubt buyer lovingly serving the needs of others in the family with your time. Do you know what people worship by their calendar and their check register? See, Mary was misunderstood. That same Mary gave her time a little while later and her hair and $35,000 worth of expensive perfume that she had treasured for her burial for another occasion as she washed Jesus' feet with her hair. She gave away her treasure as a woman. Her sister had her motives wrong. Friends, motives are very tricky things. Pretending to know them is serious rebellion from God. It's playing God. Jesus is gentle with Martha. Here, the disciple he loves. We need to be gentle with both Martha and Mary. Jesus loves them both. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. See, fear makes us want to control. Fear makes us want to control situations and people and even God. Jesus says her name twice. And it must be important if he's saying it twice. So I like to look up names in the Greek. And you know what the name Martha means? She was rebellious. Not a great name for a girl to grow up with, right? She's rebellious. It's just not. So Martha might have grown up thinking she had to prove herself to everyone. Do more. Do more. Just do more. I don't think Jesus was trying to condemn her by it, but maybe help her to see the truth. Jesus didn't come to condemn us, but to save us. Jesus is just pointing out the problem. Wasn't that lazy, her perception of lazy Daisy Mary was the problem. And it wasn't that rebellious Martha was necessarily a problem. It, it, it was the soil of her heart 
it was anxious and it was troubled. And so she wasn't listening to him. Here, Martha's nature of service and how he made her, that was good. But she got so caught up, she got so distracted that she didn't listen. So she did not understand like Mary understood that she was worthy, that she was worthy, Martha, Martha, of his love. That she did not need to impress God by her own effort. But she had been programmed by her culture, by her family, by her religious tradition, a false truth about herself. And she was not listening. She believed the world and others more than she believed Jesus. Martha, Martha, you're distracted. She believed what she was doing was good, but it was not the best. Now, Mary had been through the same programming in the same way. You know, I, I thought to look up Mary's name too, and I'm thinking, oh, it was, it was Jesus' mother's name, so it must mean pure and pretty and lucky or good or good hair. I mean, it was the number one Jewish name for your daughter, right? But Mary and Martha's name are both rooted together in the name Miriam. And Miriam was the one that talked back to Moses and, you know, talked back to the guy that gave the law and, and became leprous because of it. So her name meant their rebellion. And maybe in this patriarchal society, most girls' names are kind of tied to it, just like, you know, the Catholic girls growing up in Ireland are all tied to Mary. And, and, and this, you know, it's kind of messed up, but, you know, the name meant the women messed up with Moses and, and the rabbi and the men didn't teach them that they were of value and, and this rebelliousness thought... kind of dismissed their value and then they weren't taught the word of God themselves. They couldn't hear the word of God in the same way as the men could. She had not heard that God had indwelt and was going to indwell a Mary named after Miriam and that the word of God became flesh in her womb and her soul would magnify the Lord and that her words would be recorded as scriptures, and actually Martha's words would be recorded as scripture. And she wouldn't have to work so hard to make up for all the trouble and anxiety and all the many things. The problem is not Martha. She was made to be loved by the one speaking to her. She was a disciple he loves. The problem is she was broken by sin. And she was distracted from the solution, trying to fix herself and take on the responsibility for fixing everybody else. Her need for control made her hate her sister and hate herself when she failed. Angry at God when she failed. Disappointed and frustrated with her brothers and sisters. Martha, Martha, start listening. You're a disciple who Jesus loves. Come sit at his feet. I'm so thankful that Jeremy named his daughter Grace 
instead of Mary? Mrs. Doubtfire was living a lie, a lie she could not maintain. And that man's life, woman's life, however you want to say it, spun out of control until the truth came out that he was willing to do anything to love and serve his kids. Jesus gives us all, Mary and Martha's, a similar truth here. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. The word necessary actually means something stronger. Jesus saying is saying, one thing will sustain you, me, me, my goodness, my love for you. Mary has chosen that. She has surrendered to my love. She has believed in it. And since she has believed in it, it will never be taken away. My love is big enough for you, Martha. Let me be your hero. Let me be the hero of your story. I will carry your sin to the cross. Let me be your Martha. Your Lord cares for you. I will die for your sins. I will die for the sins committed against you. I will take care of the stain and shame of your sin for the sins that have been done for you. I will remove them forever. All of your anxieties, all of your troubles. I will sustain you. I will prove my gospel to you. I will prove that I am the good portion by rising from the grave. Three days later, Martha, you may experience losses in this life, but don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Rest today in me. Just like the deacons were up doing the work. I will do the work. You rest today in me. Martha, Martha, hear me. some of us, our story is, we're Mary's. And for some of us, our story is, we're Martha's. And maybe we're flipping back and forth. But our story needs to be, Jesus is our hero. And if he is, that's where we'll find peace. And if he's not, we will be troubled and anxious forever. About many things. For our response today, we're going to do something different. I teach a technique in my discipleship called the 15 second testimony. And I'm going to teach it to you today. There's pieces of paper. Deacons are all going to give you a piece of paper, a little like square piece of paper, similar to this, just going to be blank. And what I want you to do is make two lines on the left, a cross in the middle. Make two lines below the cross and two lines on the left. And I'm going to teach you a little story. Now, your story may not be complete, and that's okay. Read it today. It's only 15 seconds. It's not going to be hard. But we're going to practice it. You may change somebody's life with this story. Because stories change life. Everybody say this with me. There was a time in my life. Let's say it again. There was a time in my life. Look at the person to your right. 
Oh, that doesn't work. Look at somebody at the table. <laughs> Look at somebody at the table and say, there's a time in my life. Look to the person on the other side of you and say, there was a time in my life. Okay. Now, uh, repeat after me. Do you have a story like that? Do it again. Do you have a story like that? People online, I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to type it in your, you know, write it out. And, and, and when we start doing this, I want you to type your story into the browser and send it to me. If you want a private message, you can do it that way. So I want you to participate with us, okay? Okay, just don't sit there. I want to hear your story, okay? So let, let, let's try it again. Um, uh, uh, look at the person uh, next to you and say, do you have a story like that? Now look at, them, do, look at them again and look interested when you say that. Do you have a story like that? Look at them like Mary with caring eyes. Do you have a story like that? Okay. Okay, <laughs> now, now look at the other person next to them. Say the same thing. Okay, good. Okay, so on the two lines on the left of the cross, I want you to write two words that describe your life before you met Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus, just put two, live, two words that describe your life right now. I'm going to give you my 15-second testimony right now. Friends, there was a time in my life when I was anxious and afraid, and needed to control everything. And then I met Jesus, and I was forgiven and given everlasting life. And now, I'm no longer afraid. And I don't need to control as much as I used to. Do you have a story like that? That's my 15-second testimony. But your words may be different, so put two words that describe what your life was like before you met Jesus. Now I want you to put under the cross two words that will be universal if you've met Jesus. Forgiven, because he forgives our sins, and he gives us everlasting life. See, we don't find salvation in Jesus in a church. We find salvation in him. Most people don't know how to tell a testimony because you say, I went to church. No, you went to him if you found salvation. Where did Mary go? To his feet. To his feet. So, forgiven and given. Now I want you to close your eyes and think and ask the Holy Spirit to give you two words that describe what your life is like that's different. Your life's not going to be perfect. Mary and Martha's were not perfect. We don't know the order of the events of when they confronted Jesus again and, you know, they had doubts. Disciples have doubts. People have doubts. But what are some changes in your life now since you've met Jesus? What are two words that you could describe that are different? Pick two words, just two words. The 15-second testimony. Okay, what I want you to do is at your table, I want you to serve one another. And this is how you're going to do it. 
You're going to be, it's a little vulnerable, but it's going to be fun. Every time I've done this with people, it, it, it brings openness because you're all Marys and Marthas and you're all different and God has touched you all in different ways. And you're, and, and, and you're going to practice something that someday you may use because, you know, to tell a testimony, sometimes we have people up here in a, in a church and they, they, they t- give five or six minutes of a testimony. I'll tell you what. When you're at a coffee shop, when you're somewhere, you never have five or six minutes. This is very practical. I've used this in many ways just to open a conversation. And that the last question is really important because when you get somebody else to tell you their story, it's when the Holy Spirit can really work. So, so the way this works is I would tell my story. And, and, and you may even find, I want you, and don't expand on it. Somebody starts expanding them, slap them. I'm, t- I'm teasing. But it, it should move and flow. Okay, two words. I mean, I'm don't 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 really slap them. I'm teasing, but 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 you know, don't go into history. It's try to stick to two words. Two words, two words, and the question is important. So you transition. So, um, Jeremy, I'm going to do it to you since you've done it before, and you're, we're going to kick off your table. Um, you go to Grace's. Grace has done it before, and we're going to just give an example of your table, and then I'm going to let the tables go. So Mike's done it before too. So Grace, go to Mike, and we'll just kind of give an example. So. There was a time in my life when I was afraid and I was very controlling. And then I met Jesus and I was forgiven and I was given everlasting life. And now I'm not afraid to die or anything else. And I was, um, I'm sorry, and uh, I don't feel the same need to control. I'm at peace. Do you have a story like that, Jeremy? Good job, Lashana. Give Lashana a big hand. Awesome. See, that's all it is. And I want you to, I'm going to say go, and I want everybody to do it at your table, but I want you to go around your table three times so everybody has a chance to say it three times so that you practice it and that you remember and it becomes second nature because what, like a basketball player, it becomes muscle memory because when you do it at a coffee shop, it needs to come like that. And I want you to practice it three times together. And then, now, there may be somebody here that you don't have a full story, and that's okay. Tell what you have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your story is developing. And maybe some people at those things, you might have some questions. And and those people at your table are just your friends. There's no judgment. Those people might help you complete your story today. And we have a thing called the three circles. Maybe talk to them afterwards, and, and they can talk to you about it. So go.
Jeremy, why don't you come up? Um, if, if our digital ambassadors online, why don't you guys, if you can, I don't know how to do it, but it, you could try to open up a face group, book group that can video, and you could do it there if you want. I just thought of that. I was trying to do it up here on my iPad, but I don't know what to do. But invite me in. <laughs> I'll get with you. But. So why don't you all stand? The, the, the praise band's going to sing a song of response. You all have a story. And today, if God is leading you in some way, and you would like me to serve you in prayer, or one of our deacons at your table, maybe you wanted to give your life to Christ. That, that man is there to serve you in prayer. I have no special magic. You just need to sit for a while by Jesus' feet and receive his love, something that won't be taken away ever. Just turn from your sin. Accept his free grace and forgiveness and mercy. See, this church will pass away. All the work, the things that we're anxious about, they're all going to pass away. His love will never pass away. There are friends that may move, like our friends Otis and Joanne. They may move and be in Tennessee. We, there are friends that are not here. You may see friends that have gone and come. I may pass away from this earth. I know I will. You will. But his love remains, and we will celebrate it forever if you will sit at his feet. Rest in that. Let's worship him. Let's sing to him. Let's celebrate him. And if you need to pray and receive that, if you've never received that, come and pray with me or pray with one of the men in this room, one of the deacons or one of the Marthas in this room. Give your life to him. Salvation is found in no other name but Jesus.